Welcome back to the podcast. This is episode 65. In this episode, my friends and I talk about the subjective experience of God, uh, what it's like in the Christian life to have an experience of the Holy Spirit, and uh, really what our expectations are and what they should be, not just as individuals, but as a Christendom in whole. So if any of that sounds interesting to you, go ahead and give it a listen, and I hope you enjoy. <laughs> to do Hello. Radio intro. Hello. Welcome guys. to the Travis Lamar podcast. Your voice changed so much. Yeah. That's the point. You it's sound like you've been smoking a pack an mm-hmm. hour. Now your host. <laughs> and, your, and I am your host. <laughs> How's Steve everybody Hawking. doing? Did you say Stephen Hawking? Oh no. <laughs> no. He was a chain smoker, man. That's how he got that. I've been watching a lot chain. of his videos recently. I was like, ooh, really interesting. You Stephen mean Big Bang Theory? <laughs> Stephen no. Hawking. That's, that's, that's what David's been watching. He's like, yeah, so, yeah this, man, this, this Stephen Hawking guy, he knows. Late. I've been watching a lot of his videos about black holes and like, black he's holes. talking about God and stuff, but like, man, it's like the Big Bang Theory. Like, it's really interesting, actually. I'm, I'm not saying I believe the Big Bang, but like, it's really interesting where he gets, why he believes that and his it's information. It's a terrible show, science. I will just say. Actually, like the show is my least favorite show. Terrible. That and How You Met Your Mother. I got a good laugh yeah. out of it. I, got oh, I couldn't do it. it wasn't that and what? How you met your, How I Met Your Mother. Last season was crap. I feel like what, what Miguel thinks, that's what I think of. Is that, is that a is that, Yeah, that's been on. Yeah, uh, Hilary Duff is in it. Yeah. Is. Ew. Yeah. I, I love No, I'll be honest. I had a crush on Lizzie McGuire mm. when I was 11. Nope, I didn't. Nah, have never? No. Yeah, everybody was too busy, like the yeah, boys. Sure. Who was the other friend though? And no. Miranda? Miranda. Yeah. Oh heck yeah, yeah. I'm only the I think I was also no. just a, a desperate loser eleven year old, you know. Uh, we were at Cece's Sam and I and they always Today, perpetually yeah, they perpetually have a Disney friend. channel on. Oh yeah, because you helped him move and so there's a yeah. contract with the universe that he owes you pizza. Right? That's right. Yeah. That's right. So and he paid for you? He met Which that contract. CeCe's? Okay. Uh Fine. Oh, that's true. Give you the one with the mushrooms. Yeah, Mellow Mushrooms was great. But uh, I was watching Disney Channel, and I I always hated the Disney Channel. I was like, I think this is why, you know, the newer generation grew up to be so annoying. You're saying our generation? Our generation and the next generation, Uh because they just watch people be annoying on TV, and they think it's funny, and it's like, it's it's not funny. It's terrible, actually. What are your thoughts on the Nickelodeon channel? I think oh, they were pretty hey, much the same. Yeah, the original, all that was okay, but after that, it no, was all no, bad. all no. that it does was always not terrible. Hold up. I will say there are there are very few shows that hold up that were like that, and one of them is Kenan and Kel. Yeah. Kenan and Kel is still oh, gold, man. I've I've rewatched yeah. episodes and I'm like, this is still really I, funny. I still think Orange Soda <laughs> is my favorite soda yeah. because of Kenan <laughs> and Kel. They like really subliminal. Yeah. It's not even subliminal. Yeah, I was gonna say overt messaged me on that Had one. A contract with Did Santa. you uh, ever watch like Crush. Adventures of Pete and Pete? Maybe. Yeah, Pete and Pete. Pete, 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 Pete yeah. Short. You did? Yeah, the kid, the guy with the uh, the metal plate in his head. That's right. From Pete and Pete. Was that the mom? That was the mom. Yeah, it was the mom, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Was... Salute your shorts. Hey, dude. Hey, dude. Yeah. Yeah. I will say, these are shows that, like, were a little bit before my time, but I do remember them. Yeah. So, yeah. What is that? I loved, uh... No. The the one... one... <clears throat> no, I was going to say... The, David's going to say Phineas and Ferb. The, the, the oh, new, I love the Phineas and Nickel... Not the new Nickelodeon. The... 
That girl from the Nickelodeon show, Amanda uh, Bynes. No, the other one. Wait, are you about to say Clarissa explains no, it all? No, no, no. Oh, that's, that's the a girl good who just yeah, yeah, her, yeah. her autobiography. Oh, I saw that, that on got Audible. Like, wait, yeah? what? Sh- McCurdy or something. Like yeah. that? Jeanette McCurdy. Wait, yeah, is yeah. it the girl from iCarly? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. iCarly got me with some good laughs too it did I I was in college and I'm like I should not be watching this show this is for preteen girls but it was actually the older brother was like he was a delight man he had some pretty good lines I never saw it but I saw the title of the book and I was like I'm gonna read an excerpt what is this yeah because the book is titled I'm glad my mother's dead yeah Yo, dang! Man. Oh, is it, she's her mom. Is it about like being raised yeah. as a child star type yeah. of stuff? But part of it, Whoa, and then part of it was man. also like the sexualization yeah. of minors on Nick, like yeah. Nickelodeon yeah. set. And yeah. apparently, one of the producers is like Dan Armand. Yeah, has like a running history of doing that. Oh no! Was... But like, I don't want to say innocently because it's not innocent. But like, he uh, features feet quite prominently, and it's like. It's not overtly sexual, yeah. but like, yeah, but for him weird. it is. Yeah. Exactly. Like, Wait, it's like, really? It's... Like he's a foot guy? I, I mean, that's the the rumor yeah. mill. Okay. You know, because those people like put clips together, and it's just like things that are as you're if you're watching them, it's like it's not like super overt, but if you you, you see it as an adult, you're like I I know what they're what what's going exactly. On. Like this yeah. is a little bit, and it makes the like the actresses are coming out saying they were uncomfortable doing it. Uh, yeah. yeah. Which like you're just like oh like was... it's just feet like it, that's. It seems innocent, but yeah. then yeah, it like okay. turns out not to be yeah, into like something. Like her mom was like super <laughs> manipulative and and like, mm-hmm. yeah. oh, you should be so lucky that I'm pushing you so hard to do this stuff. Yeah. And she's just like, mm-hmm. I do this for you. Yeah, I do this because I love you. Mm-hmm. And like when like she, like she says like when her mom was like, <clears throat> on her like deathbed, she was like, look, mom, look like look at what I've achieved. Like mm. I'm still trying to appease you. Like I don't have this love relationship mm. with you i'm still trying to impress you even mm, yeah. in your final minutes yeah. because of like and trauma. her mom her the mom gu- was like rosebud <laughs> <laughs> he was oh. so they described this guy like the and i think he actually had ties to harvey uh weinstein mm, mm-hmm. oh like, no so like he was that's that a guy harvey you don't want to have ties yeah. to. you know you know i just watched um screen three again recently is he in it no he's not but the whole um <clears throat> You know, as with the Scream franchise, Ghostface is murdering people, yeah. and it's taking is that place. His real name is just Ghostface. Ghostface what? is the Ghostface. The, it's like Jason's the name is Hockey Face, <laughs> <laughs> and like, Michael Myers' name is Face Face. Face Face. <laughs> <laughs> it's so good, but but like the like it, it's revealed that like one of like the big uh, movie Freak. star producers <laughs> would like throw these Hollywood parties that would prey upon young starlets and like they like a scene takes place in his house where he has like a a, uh, a two-way or one-way or whatever you know like a police yeah, mirror yeah. Yeah. like in a bedroom and stuff like that and you're just like uh mm, is this telling of the time i think <laughs> this, so. this, 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 this is, is a uh, cry for help yeah yeah uh, huh. wow well that's a think, way to start yeah yeah two shows i kept me watching over Oh, he's safe and handsome for That's a great that show. show. I, hear, I, I actually hear show. good things about it. It's just it's after really my good. time, so I have to pretend yeah. like I'm above it. Uh, no, I think it would be <laughs> Abbott till the last Airbendo yeah, and good. freaking Danny Phantom. I it was good. I never really got into loved it. Danny Phantom. No. It was good. Ed and Eddie. Ed and Eddie, man. That was a great show. his jaw. See? That ruined it for me. I was yeah. like, they're no longer innocent kids the, anymore. The jawbreakers on that show. Yeah. That were just, no, no, no. Ask are, us after. I get it. Are yeah. any kids really what? innocent? Trust me. true. 
but just the way they were not innocent yeah, was really yeah. freaky. Yeah. <clears throat> it the, brings the, a new term to Jawbreaker. The Trailer Park Sisters, yeah. what were they called? Oh, the, the Kanker sisters. sisters. Oh, yeah. Oh, and I was God. like, yeah. you know, a little <laughs> bit of manicuring and they're fine. Like, this, <laughs> yeah. is, this is your, your way out, you know? Uh, I no. will say that, like, a, maybe the worst part of me, like, I would see a show and a girl be, like, really obsessively into a guy like Helga Pataki with, with Arnold. <laughs> and I'd be like, man, I kind of wish I had that. You know, I, I wish I, even if I wasn't. Why anyone have a shrine with, <laughs> well, not with even like, that. my bus Just like, made out of bubble gum? Like, even if it's someone that I don't like back, I wish there was someone who, like, yeah. you know, was interested in me. Shrined you in bubble gum. Yeah, exactly. That's, I really wanted to start a cult. Just uh, so what I was going to say. Neutron that, like, only always bullied Jimmy, but she secretly liked him. Uh, uh, Lucy. 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 I did not watch a lot of That's not true. Karen uh, High Class Face. High class. Is that her name? High Class no. Face? No, no but oh. she's making stuff up. She's a face now. <laughs> Alright, we've gotten quiet, which means oh, on the next time the transition. Uh, what's the hardest music. gear shift that we could make? Uh, so, you know, these shows and, like, the dark things going on in the background, it's like, okay, it's not a great transition. Secular Sacred Divide. Uh, does it exist or is it arbitrary? Arbitrary. <clears throat> Find out next week. <laughs> <laughs> this is just an intro. <laughs> it's a teaser. It's a teaser. Who wants to be a dad? Are you trying to? Are you trying to announce something, like David? No, I'm just second. Oh, okay. Are you trying to bring up a different thing? No, no, because no, that's not going to work. Okay. <laughs> yeah. So, who originally brought this up? Well, you, uh, was you it, framed it this way. Yeah, I was the one who but framed it, it this way. It but it, it Daniel, was Daniel. Well, Daniel wanted to talk theology, and then oh yeah, Eric, you said I think that we're talking about a lot of things in a spiritual way that aren't necessarily oh, yeah. right. Yeah. Well, okay. the reason I so, so I, you have to you're the root. Yes. Yeah, so and and the Jesus shoot. is the shoot. And the roots no. and the shoot. No. And the fruit. <laughs> well, uh, <laughs> interesting. Uh, so, yes, yeah, so last time last time we met, we were talking last about... Last time. On <laughs> Dragon Balls. <laughs> you got it. Oh, we're, this is just nostalgia here. Uh, we were talking about uh, counseling. Mm-hmm. Was it... Was it... We started off with depression. Correct. Right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And what... I wanted to get into was the pastoral part of it because we talked a lot about the secular, but I'm like, what about the the pastoral? Because I do think that maybe the way we go about pastoral counseling can be harmful, but I don't think you guys are necessarily going to agree, but that's why you, you talk about this on a podcast because yeah. it brings up conversation. But, um, <clears throat> so f- the, the, what I was going to get into, um, was that, when we, well, pretty much trying to break down what pastoral counseling should be. And I think that, you know, a pastor is someone who's well-versed, if you're a Christian, a pastor would be someone who's well-versed in the source material that informs your philosophy, your theology. Okay. okay? It's going to form your, your worldview. And the thing that their place is to remind you of that. Okay. Like, hey, you know, this says this here, it says this here. I think where we take things too far is then, uh, you know, kind of trying to build this bridge between us and God and Mm. be like, expect communication from God. Mm. And it's like, that'll lead you, that could lead you, I'd say. And I I think it it does. You're saying like, expect explicit communication, like a sign. 
Uh, it wouldn't be or... uh, a sign. It'd just be like, you know, uh, pray about it. Okay. You know, we say pray so about it. So an impression. It. Yeah. Like the sure. Holy Spirit impresses on your heart. Right. That, yeah. Here, here's an example. So like uh, one of the sermons um, at... Can I say the church? Yeah. I know I said it before. But at church CCC. Church of Jesus Christ. Of church. <laughs> um, I, I know it was two different sermons, but it was pretty much talking about how, um, you know, obviously we go through some terrible things in life and how that could be just God disciplining you, helping you grow. Hmm. Or there was the possibility that maybe it's due to a sin. Right. Um, so, yeah, when you said discipline for the first one, I thought you were talking about sin. But you're saying like it could either be that God has brought this into your life because he's, you know... Like a trial. It's, yeah, it's a trial. Yeah, that's going to produce steadfastness yeah. in you. James or, 1. Or, yeah. Or, 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 or it could possibly be because of a sin. Okay. Sin or okay. mysterious, whatever. And I remember uh, after the sermon, at least one of them, um, the associate pastor said, you know, come talk to us mm-hmm. about this if you're, you're struggling with it. And um, I think that that's problematic. Okay. Uh, Ooh, I good think, word. Yeah. Good, that's a very... Yeah. diplomatic word yeah and i think that uh this might have to do with theology but i was actually been thinking about that since last week and it's like one i don't think that we should think that bad things or rough things are happening to us because of a sin anymore i think that jesus kind of nipped that in the bud okay. um so i feel like we shouldn't really go about thinking that bad things or good things are happening related to our behavior okay or like that um, but the problem is like, if you're going to be like, you know, why am I going through a trial and, and you're a pastor and you're, you're trying to bring them to a place where I guess, you know, God will reveal this in time. It's like, I, I would say probably not. Um, because unless it's an explicit explanation, mm-hmm. right. Unless you get exposition on this from God, then you're going to have to pretty much, Put the, put the pieces together yourself, and mm-hmm. you may not arrange those pieces correctly. Mm-hmm. So you, it, it might get you into a, in a wrong conclusion. It's something that we all have to, to deal with. But if we're honest about that, I feel like then it's a healthier place to be <clears> rather <throat> than making it something that, in all honesty, there's like, like I, the, when I heard this sermon, I was really struggling with it. It's like, well, how are you going to know? If it's a sin or if it's because of this reason, unless God is talking to you mm-hmm. and I'm going to you because God ain't telling me. So it just seems yeah. like we're we're not really getting How Are you going to read the tea leaves of yeah, my pretty, story? Yeah. Uh, so just real quick. So I'm I'm sure like what do you with that interpretation? And I, I think for the most part I'm with you, but what yeah. because it's like the the wrath of God for all of our sins has already been dealt with. Okay. There's therefore no, now no more condemnation. Okay. okay. I get that. But what do you make of passages like, uh, like you know, the, the son whom the Lord loves, he chastens? Well, I think that's, like... that's every day. Um, even if you're experiencing or not, I think that that is, he's like a potter to clay. Okay. Right? So, but, so you would say that even like, uh, like gentle molding and then chastening is, it it's synonymous because chastening is right. specifically like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. you know, a disobedient child. And here's a, like, a, not not like I'm going to punch him because I, mm-hmm. but it's like, I am going to swat him back onto the path. Like mm-hmm. a sheep that's going astray, I'm going to swat him back onto the path yeah. for the purpose of, you know, his health. I want him on the path because off the path is danger. Yeah. Okay. 
Um, I think it's just kind of like, for me, I would say that just trust that God is going to do that. But you're not given the details on how, when, or whatever. And okay, I, so it's possible that there are things that God does that might even be painful at times, but like they're, they correct me from sin in my life. Yeah, but I would say in like a very general way, because I think that he has to chase chasing you um, from the get-go because of the state that you're in, mm. right? So there isn't a particular sin that you can be like, oh, this is attached to that. Okay. It's like, this is so going to happen. So it's just general purification, sanctification type of stuff? Yeah. Like, like the, the fire of purification? Yeah, like this is going to happen in life. <clears throat> you're, there's going to be times, like, and this has been my experience, um, but there are times where I, like, arbitrarily, right, um, doing well, mm -hmm. you know, with my sanctification. And then I went through some crap and, and mm -hmm. not getting my prayers answered and stuff. And I'm like, what the heck? And then mm -hmm. vice versa, where I'm not really doing well, again, in my mind. And that, and yet God met my, my prayers amazingly. Or at least that's how I perceive, saw, it. perceive yeah. it, right? And so it's like, uh, it, it doesn't seem to be at all related to how good or bad I might be. Okay. If, if that actually makes sense. But like no, how, I, I understand what you're you saying. Know? So it's like, um, and, and understanding that way, I have a lot more peace about things. It's just like, this is just, this is life. Yeah. Um, it's not really going to make the sense that you know it could make if things were, <clears throat> for lack of better terms, per perfect, right? Mm -hmm. I'm going to live in that reality. So, and that's the thing. Like, I think as a pastor, <clears throat> shed light into someone's life about the reality of this world and and being Christian. But if you... All right, see you later, David. <laughs> <laughs> this is not my prof uh, profession. He, I'm, gonna he tried... I'm definitely interested. I'm, I'm going to listen to it, but I... That's right. He tried so I, subtly. I, uh, <laughs> I'm so I wanted to blow his cover. I, I knew as soon as I was going to blow his I have no wisdom to betroth on this conversation. I don't know about that. To don't betroth anything. <laughs> Can you betray my doorknob? The best part about this is this isn't actually a podcast. This is just an endurance game. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Under the guise of a podcast. Yeah, I'm pissed off. Screw those guys. We got a window. And much like That's the true. first season of Survivor, at the end of this endurance game, one of us wins a Pontiac Aztec. <laughs> is that really what the prize was? Surprise. Car, uh, uh, not only not only a car that's no longer made, a company that no longer exists. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly. Um, uh, okay. All the kids. What, what's a pony? What's a pony? Pony. 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 Oh, a pony. Um, okay. So yeah, I think I think I was saying that, you know, shed light. Oh yeah. So you know, I don't think that all the counseling that I received from the, that we consider pastoral counseling was really in you touch. Would... Well, it's not just that it was, it, it makes sense. So like for me, uh, what I, what I see is that I think that the way that people want to do things, I get why they want to do it. And it's because of this notion that what the scripture is, what it records and what it has to say is for us today. Mm -hmm. And I actually would push back on that and say, that's like, that's actually a, uh, isogetical thing to do because you're reading Define yourself. isogetical, sorry. So instead like of you're taking isolating things, it from its context. Got yeah. It. So mm -hmm. and, and a way that I like to think is like instead of taking out from the scriptures, you're putting into it. Okay. Got it. And what we're putting into it is ourselves. Your baggage. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. And I, but I would say like 
there's a context with that. Mm-hmm. Now, I would argue that it's it's pretty obvious <clears throat> that we we don't exist in that context. Mm-hmm. Now, in that specific context. In that yeah. specific context, but we'll, we'll probably have disagreement exactly how far that goes. But knowing that, then it's like okay, I'm just going to look at what was true for that context, and then I have to kind of figure it out how it works in our context now it doesn't sound great but i sounds exegetical in a sense i mean in a sense well so the exegesis of like figuring out contextually what is being Mm -hmm. what's going on what's being said and then it's like okay you're not going to necessarily know right away why it's not tit for tat the same now Mm -hmm. but at least you understand what was being said then and i wouldn't say it's eisegetical but like what you're doing is like okay so this is what it says here and now i'm going to try to see how it, it can ap- apply to my life in mm-hmm. what way. Um, that just sounds like what every pastor does for Bible study. Well, yes and no. Like you've just described the Bible study method of find the original context and find the meaning because as the confessions say, all passages of scripture don't have manifold meaning. They have but one. So you find the, the chief lesson that's in the text and then you go from there and say, how does that lesson apply it's to like, my life? Yeah, exactly. Right. And one, I, I, I think... one meaning, but multiple applications depending on... Right. And I think the big thing that I'm looking for when I read the scripture is, what does this tell me about what God is like? Hmm. Okay, right, right. God <clears throat> sees these people doing this thing and he says to them, yada, yada, yada. Whatever it is. Okay? <laughs> and so it's like, okay, yeah, when God... Right. Like God has this thought about that behavior or that mindset or that, you know, that sin, that pride, haughtiness, whatever it is that, uh, you know, he's, he's engaging in with the people. And I can say that about uh, the New Testament. I can say that about the Old Testament. Um, that That's one of the main things that I'm looking for in when I read scripture is what does this tell me about mm-hmm. the character and nature of God? And right. I think that's one of the most important things that I can yeah. learn mm-hmm. when I go to the scripture is like, what is my God, the God of the universe, <clears throat> the God of every human and and anthill like what is he like right mm. so i i i i think that 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 does happen mm-hmm. in churches uh but here's here's where because there is going to be a difference <clears> because <throat> eventually you know what i see a lot of times from pastors and when i say pastors you know i'm, mm-hmm. I'm it's a very broad it's mm-hmm. not just one uh denomination or anything but is a lot of uh because I think another problem is, is the idea of relationship, but it's like this idea that, you know, you spend time with Jesus. Well, how do I spend time with Jesus? Well, you spend time with Jesus by praying and reading his word. And to me, it's like, that's not really spending time with Jesus. What we're doing is what you just had explained. We're, we're taking this word. We're um, extrapolating from it what was the truth that's being conveyed then. And then we're trying to apply it to our lives. And then prayer, <clears throat> obviously, we're... we're communicating mm-hmm. to God you know very rarely if ever is there communication back and uh you know there's different ways to to try to mm-hmm. you know figure like examine that but um if 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 you think that God like spending time with God and having with God is those two things or at least those two things are involved heavily and then you're focused in on that then you're going to see what you read as a direct communication to you. And this is why I think people do the, th- yeah. the thing that we really don't like when they take like Jeremiah, was it 29, 11, whatever, 11 and be like, oh. I know the plans that I have yeah, for you, plans to prosper you and not to. That's for me. Yeah. It's like, no, um, that's, that's not for you. It's not, but at the same time, it's like, okay, here's what I learn about God in that passage. God is about to send his 
chosen treasured possession, Israel, into a brutal exile for 70 years. Yeah. Almost everybody who goes in is not coming out, right? And the ones who do, it's like, I don't know if they'll have any living recollection. Yeah. Maybe there's some 80-year-olds that came back, you know, under Cyrus. But uh, anyway, so it's like, okay, what God is like is that even when he's doing that, he is reassuring them. I kind of like a father giving his son a spanking. It's like, I'm doing this for your own good. Like, I'm, I am going to purge the idolatry from you. And sure enough, like the Pharisees had all these other sins in the New Testament. Idolatry was not a struggle for the for the Hebrew people ever. I mean, I mean, you could say the idolatry of works or whatever, mm-hmm. but, you know, the worship of Molech or mm-hmm. Ashtaroth, like they never struggled with that again after after Babylon. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> so so it's like I get that uh, it's frustrating seeing, you know, a 14 year old girl with that on her trapper keeper. And it's like, hey, girl, do you really know the context? And it's like, I don't want to be I don't want to be harsh on her because right. I think that there's a real sense in which the promise that she's clinging to when she sees that is a reflection of the character of the God that never changes and who is still, who's in a relationship with her at that time. I think this is all going to depend also on your view of the scriptures. Like you, you you already mentioned that Eric, Uh, but if you connect uh, the narrative to your, cause you're talking about like on the, the ground level of understanding narrative, which we have an absolute obligation to do in scripture. Otherwise mm-hmm. we are doing violence to the text, mm-hmm. but then you take that narrative and you connect it to the meta narrative, the grand narrative and you, and you find that place in Christ. Um, and so in Christ, the people of God, his covenant community, who he's saved and called by his name, he does have plans to prosper him, even though they go through tribulation. And in the end, he has a plan to prosper and for, for their welfare. So in the sense that text does point all the way forward, to the future. So for me, the, my, I think the couple passages that most inform the way that I read the meta narrative of Scripture <laughs> is in Acts, the way that Peter uh, talks about the Old Testament, where he says that David, as a prophet, looked and saw the coming Messiah and spoke about him and said this. Hmm. And so I'm like, well, if I take Peter's words for it, then I probably should read the Old Testament this way. And then I go to Hebrew, right, where right. Hebrew says. Uh, today, if you hear his voice, and I don't think he's just quoting this as like, oh, this is what they're saying. I think the mm. author of Hebrews is saying to the reader, today, you are hearing Jesus harden talk to you not your through the scriptures. Yeah. Don't harden your heart. Mm. Listen to Jesus who's speaking directly to you. Yeah. So again, mm-hmm. it takes, it, there's other views on that. So I'm not saying that by any means that my view of the scripture and the meta <laughs> of the scripture is like the, is the ultimate one. I do think it is because that's what I personally <laughs> hold to it. Otherwise, I'm like, yeah. Uh, but I think that it all depends on how you're reading the scripture as a unity mm. and whether it speaks to you today or whether it uh, is overhearing a conversation in the past about God and then you like thinking up things from it. That makes sense. Well, right. But well, I think that the problem is that in the, the picture that you get from the, mm-hmm. the New Testament you're driving there is a far more intimate situation than what we have today. Mm-hmm. And, and so it's like, yeah, if you just go to the text and that's what you're expecting, which I totally understand. That's where I feel like you're gonna you're gonna end up in a, maybe a painful situation, and I I really don't see, you know, maybe we have a better understanding of that because we've all <clears throat> gone to like a Bible mm-hmm. college and, and things like that. But this, I know, I know, haven't we? Go. But um, but what I'm saying is that. But he know, spends enough time with us that it like he gets it, a Bible. This is a Bible college. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, you said we all. I'm like, I don't know. Well. <laughs> 
Daniel. Okay, okay just yeah. not you. You got to get We all, we all well, are like cool and included and, you know, not, not the excluded yeah, yeah. group. Yeah, I got you. No, I'm going to bring you back. You know, okay, good, good, good. Because you're, you're one of us. Uh, all of us went to the Bible college and the, the, the dumb dude in the corner. No, thanks for hanging out with us nerds. <laughs> I, I also that. would like to point out that Daniel probably went to more Bible college than Eric and I combined. So probably. in that's, <laughs> that's, that's, I'm just I'm just three of us combined. Did you you, you have a a master's? Is that correct? Yes, two masters. Two masters. Okay, that's right. Uh, <laughs> we'll just put that we'll put that out. <laughs> not not yes. Uh, that's right. That's, that's right. Get that's, that straight. That uh, is, like leaning forward. <laughs> that that is correct. <laughs> <laughs> you, hang on, hang on. Yes, you read that right. <laughs> <laughs> to reference something that happened a while back. <laughs> I missed it. It's the Johnny Depp trial. Yeah, you, oh, you, okay. you continue to read that correctly. I didn't. Uh, I didn't follow that as closely as I should have to get all it's the. It's terrible. I, I feel like I was not paying attention for the right reasons. I was just like, <laughs> like the clips and the memes that came from it. Yeah. <laughs> um. So, I I just don't think that the average layperson is understanding of that, and I don't think that the mm. way we we. I agree. Yeah, and I don't think the way that we we <clears throat> preach uh, really helps. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, going back to the sacred and the secular, I think that mm-hmm. um, there's obviously a divide. I just don't think that it's as uh, obvious. Because mm-hmm. here, here's what I'm going to say: I think that a lot of times, and we kind of talked about this, but I've I've heard like you, Travis, say, and and that's this is nothing special because I think. A lot of people say, well, you say, I, I would have said it before, but they like to invoke the Holy Spirit. And I, I think that one of the things, the context that no longer applies to us today, I've, I've said it before, is that we have a Holy Spirit. Um, you think that does not apply to us today? No. And I think, I think that's where we get into Whoa. a lot of trouble. What's your text? My text? Yeah. I would say the book of Acts. That I, says that the Holy Spirit is no longer on believers? You'd I, say I'd, because the, the Holy Spirit shows up with manifestations yeah. of supernatural the, power. The way the Bible describes... That because we no longer have those. Yeah. yeah. The, the way the, so for me, the, <clears throat> the reason I write here is the way the Bible describes receiving the Holy Spirit. And I look at our context today, it just wouldn't make sense to them at that time. Mm. Um, hmm. And I think that if, if... I mean, again, I, I wouldn't expect anybody just to be like, oh, okay, cool, you're right, and whatever, because mm. this took me a while to accept, but... Um, you know, when I see the laying on of hands now and everything, it's like we're trying to replicate something, but it's not getting the same results. Mm-hmm. And it's like, yeah, mm-hmm. the the big piece is missing. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't think it was based off of how the 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 apostolic church, right, the Church of Jerusalem mm-hmm. reacted to how the Samaritans they didn't mm-hmm. receive the Holy Spirit. Yeah. They were mm-hmm. baptized, so they didn't equate faith and baptism with receiving the Holy Spirit. Receiving the Holy Spirit was how they call it a descending upon them and then something's ha- something mm-hmm. so extraordinary that simon the sorcerer undeniable, yeah 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 wants to be. so i'm like okay so the way that it's being described is not happening and, and i think that's where it gets eisegetical because if i just see like oh they're receiving the holy spirit and i think it's the way it's happening nowadays rather than reading the descriptive clues mm-hmm. then that's that's when we get in trouble but i i think that the bible has been very clear from beginning to end that uh, the righteous are, are saved through faith, or mm-hmm. as Paul said, by grace through faith. So that doesn't mean mm-hmm. that people aren't being saved, uh, but I think there's just a lot more mystery to our context. Mm-hmm. I, th- I think we're more akin to that generation, or maybe before Christ, settled, before Christ, living in silence. Yeah, I, I think revolution. that that's where it is. Mm-hmm. And so, like I, 
just being there, mm. it's like I, I hold what I call the system mm. uh, more at arm's length. I'm not, I'm not so bound to that because I think that you can get in trouble being bound to that. Mm. Uh, but it's, it's not, I, th I think obviously God still has it around for a reason. So it's mm. like we're, we just have to kind of see what he's going to do. Uh, but in the meantime, then I'm not going to attribute things to the spirit that, that I don't think should be, you mm -hmm. know? And that's, that's been my thing. I'm like, wait a minute. Like, I, I don't want to call something by, you know, a, uh, something that the hands of God had made intimately, I guess. I don't know how better to, to kind of describe it because I know he made all things, but like, oh, this happened because of the Holy Spirit. And it's like, hold on. Like it's a unique act. Yeah. yeah instead of just this is the way god created the world right right yeah. right so for me it's like yes yeah, it's, it's... so so you'd say like okay hardships and uh trials come into our lives to shape like in general they exist and god has ordained that they would continue to exist because they're continually you know we could say like preparing in us in eternal you know for the eternal weight of glory or Eternal weight of glory? I think that's so. right. Okay. Yeah. Prepare because they're preparing that in us. Or uh you know, the suffering is is there because it's producing steadfastness in us, but not like God is twisting the clouds and, and doing this unique like parting of the Red Sea type of act to to communicate or to, to act on our behalf. So you would say right. it's more just like general wisdom, like this is how God has created the world. Yeah. And I will say that one of my favorite uh, passages uh, or just concepts that we see in the Old Testament, we see this in the book of Psalms and in Proverbs and, and even in other places in the Old Testament, is the idea that the wicked has fallen into the pit that he has dug. And I think yeah. that's such a great concept, <clears throat> even in a movie where it's like you have this villain and like the hubris of their, you know, they've they've contrived this plan and then because of their pride or they're you know overstepping their ability or whatever like they are their own downfall yeah <clears throat> and so i can see that as like the natural punishment for sin is like you know sin in a lot of ways sin is its own punishment yeah. it's mm -hmm. like uh okay you want to be the guy who neglects his family and just pours yourself 100 percent into a job okay one day you're going to be the 70 year old who did that mm. and whose children are estranged from you and whose mm. wife resents him mm -hmm. and you're just a you know crotchety old man with no one to love and now you're bitter and, and, and it's like okay it's not like God uniquely stepped in and said hey because of that sin right. uh, I'm going to make you get cancer I'm going to make you you know make your house catch on fire or something it's like no now you just have to live in the house that you built yeah. you know and that's the punishment Yeah, and uh, I think there is a lot of uh, scriptural truth to that both in the Old Testament and in the New, that, uh, that, that that's the concept. But I would also say um, I, I can't bring myself to agree with the part of, like, I do not have the Holy Spirit, or the Holy Spirit is not present in my, in my life and active in, in uh, bearing fruit in me. Because mm -hmm. I would say that to the extent that I can be joyful and patient and... and uh, tempered and loving and you know all the fruit it's like to the extent that i can be those things it's because the holy spirit is ministering mm -hmm. to me mm -hmm. and working in me yeah um and I, I thought about this before many years ago because it's like you know we have a bible mm -hmm. and and the form of the bible is it's written word it's information that i can process right and i'm like really my idea of god and i would even say my sanctification 
is tied to how much I, I invest in that, which is mm. why we push that. But it's like, where's where's the supernatural mm. element to it? Because, you know, you're talking about the ministering of the Holy Spirit. And it's like, I, I, I was never able to, and, and I can ask people, and I, I don't mm. think that I would get a very clear, concise answer is exactly how that happens. And I'm like, yeah, if I go to the New Testament, the way they knew that was there were these signs that confirmed that to mm. them. And that was mm. the purpose of a sign, right? To show you something that... At least biblically speaking, it's it's showing you an it's invisible reality. Or... Yeah, mm-hmm. it's like we we it's just terribly lacking in church if that's still happening. It mm-hmm. doesn't really um, make sense. And this actually goes back to because oh I don't, I don't know if it was with you guys last week, but something that I went back to was um, Romans chapter seven. I remember your bachelor party. When Josh Williams was there, we talked about this. I don't know if you would remember this conversation. What a wild bachelor party. <laughs> Talking about Romans chapter 7. <laughs> yeah. And uh, the no-seeum is biting us today. Um, oh, you're talking about on the island? On the island, yeah. yeah. Uh, so Josh, I think, was the one who said that Romans 7, Paul's describing the experience between you know a Jew, a Jewish uh, pers- perspective on law, keep, like trying to keep the Mosaic mm-hmm. law. But a lot of Christians take that as, oh, that's our Christian walk and i was very interesting but like now i'm like well maybe the reason why we think it's so similar to christianity is because again without having the holy spirit it's a lot of doing the same thing i have this standard that i i should uh you know meet yeah i'm not meeting it and now i'm in this place like who will who will save me from this Mm -hmm. and of course the answer is always Mm -hmm. uh, uh jesus but maybe uh, when you have the spirit, it actually becomes more practical and a doable thing, you know, keeping in step with the spirit. Well, it's very hard when I can't <clears> see him, I can't hear him, I can't feel him. Like how am I, and if he's not making himself manifest, that's, I would say that's impossible. Mm-hmm. I think that's just common sense, mm-hmm. you know, but the reason why we can have some sort of sanctification and some sort of molding in our life is because it's, there's written information for us to glean from and then apply. We're never going to apply it perfectly. We don't. Um, we are with sin every single day, yeah. you know, mm-hmm. so it almost seems like this vain pursuit, but it's, it's not vain because of God. And that, I think faith is really the main thing there, right? Mm-hmm. You've been saved by grace through faith. I think that's what we're saved by. The Holy Spirit is like this, um, helper, this counselor through that. But when we don't have him, obviously the walk's going to be harder, but it's not, okay, well it's over because mm-hmm. people have already lived in that. Actually, most of the biblical history is people living in that context, mm. you know? Mm. So mm-hmm. uh, that, that's why I uh, have arrived where I have, because I'm just being honest with the text. And it's like this, you know, when I try to apply mm-hmm. it to my reality, it's, it's not happening that way. And it makes sense why it's not happening that way. Mm. And we get into trouble because if we're trying to uh, as- ascribe something to God, mm-hmm. when it it isn't for you to do that, mm. right? then you know i think there could be manipulation abuse or just you know i mean you, yeah. you made a mistake and and i've been there yeah. and i i but it was like i rammed myself so many times to the same wall i broke mm-hmm. my face doing it but mm-hmm. i actually gave thanks to god to be like mm-hmm. well thank you for showing me there's a wall i think mm-hmm. you know that gave me a lot of yeah. peace mm-hmm. so you know i arrived it's like you position. want the wall yeah. to be there at the end of it it's like you're at your yeah well yeah it's it's like the whole time i was really upset because I thought that reality was a certain way and I was being kept from it and I mm-hmm. couldn't explain it. Mm-hmm. When 
now I would say like, no, I had my perception of reality was wrong. Mm. And it was like this. And if I had to figure this out um, after the fact of like, because what I really wanted, two big desires of my life were, were a family and a ministry. And if mm. I had to figure these things out and go through this while having a family and ministry, it would have been so much more violent yeah. and healthy mm. and toxic. Mm. So now I see what it was. The goodness and, of yeah. God. Yeah. yeah, no, I do. And it's mm. like, you know, this is really weird, but. I'm in a much healthier place mm-hmm. now having come to, to accept it. And it doesn't make me want to pursue God less. Mm-hmm. Um, it makes me very grateful for God. It's just mm-hmm. like this burden is kind of lifted where it's mm-hmm. like, I feel like it's was always on me mm-hmm. to mm-hmm. figure out what is God telling me. Cause he, oh, he is telling me something. So oh, I have I to, I just I have to crack the code. Yeah. I have yeah. to crack the code. It's like, like, like staring <clears throat> at the Bible being like, what am I not figuring out? Where's the like yeah. Da Vinci code behind <laughs> the scene? Yeah. And yeah. I get that. Cause I think that's something that you want to be really careful about. And I think, a good pastor will be hesitant when he's saying, because the way I would go about it is if I was, t- if someone came to me and said, Hey, I'm thinking that this situation had it happening in my life. I would say it could be because of sin. It could be that God's disciplined you. It could be another reason. And you're not being like, this is what it absolutely is. I think that's the danger is when you get really, really certain on things. Yeah. Um, but I do think that uh, I'm going to flip it around on you and make you think, Oh, because you're saying like, like we don't want to wrongly attribute something to God that yeah. wasn't God, but do you think that there's a danger in attributing something to yourself that was God? Oh yeah. So, well, the way that Calvin would phrase this is the spectacles of faith, and the way that the Scripture would say it is the only reason you were able to understand Scripture wasn't because you had a human mind that understood the text, but because the Spirit illumined His Word that He wrote to you. Right. And to say that He's out of the equation and it's just you opening the pages, being like, I arrived at the right conclusion, is, uh kind of like the holy spirit inside the room being like hey bro i'm over here and it's cool you don't want to acknowledge me but you, you kind of get what i'm saying like that's the yeah. that's the way that the that we see that and i and i totally get that of, of if you see acts and you see all these great fantastic things happening you're like where is that mm. uh but then i think we oftentimes are so wowed by the giant explosion that we don't notice all the like other stuff that was going on in the background mm. uh so when we think about prophecy in the old testament we're like oh it happened everywhere all the time and yeah. being like it was so infrequent that there were yeah. more than just the period in between the testaments. There was other times that were called so silent yeah. or a yeah. word of God was rare in those days. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and so I think it's helpful to go through Acts and it's like, well, what about when there's not a giant shiny miracle, but Paul says, pray in the spirit. Mm-hmm. What about when he tells Timothy, don't go look <clears> for healing, take some wine for your stomach, but in the spirit, work out um, uh, these things. And what about when uh, Paul says, I didn't come to you with great signs and wonders. I came to you in weakness. Mm. but with the words of the gospel mm. and that was where the power was yeah um but the, the, the spirit so i think i'm not i'm not trying to say like oh you're i'm just saying like here's uh just some stuff food for thought yeah. um because i get i kind of get what you're saying um but i think the other thing where i was like oh i think i'm keying into a piece that you're helping to an, uh, unravel that's helpful um which is really important because sometimes we get uh over realizing our ecology of this holy spirit the spirit is a seal and a promise we get a taste mm-hmm. not the mm-hmm. fullness of mm-hmm. being united with the spirit but right. a taste of the spirit yeah it's still we still have this amazing power in us that that god dwells in us and that he's um like travis talked about like bringing the fruit of the spirit to our lives but there's more and we should have a hunger for more because yeah. it's not quite full communion with god and i think yeah. that's helpful because i think sometimes we can and especially in some circles can get really overemphasized like how close and powerful the spirit is and how like united they are with the spirit and they can hear him talking like a best friend i'm like that's gonna come 
Not right now, though, from what the scripture, from what I see the scripture saying. Mm -hmm. So I think what you're keying in is a really good reminder that we don't over-realize something when we're not in that stage yet. But I'm my only thing, my light, gen gentle thing is like, don't throw the baby out with the bathwater. Right. It's not like he's disappeared altogether. Well, I yeah, I don't think it's possible. <clears throat> so I'm gonna I'm gonna do, yeah yeah. Let's let's do some turntables here. Michael <laughs> but oh. because I, I what you're saying is correct mm -hmm. it but it's like it's both and it's not an either or right so and I agree like you know prophecy not everybody was meant to be yeah. obviously a prophet or whatever but there there were gifts given to everyone mm -hmm. we're so ignorant of that that it doesn't make it really doesn't make sense how it's present but we're so ignorant of that because mm. several times in my life and I know a bunch of people we, when we were doing a life group at CCC we had someone come and talk to us about spiritual gifts. We've taken inventories and all that stuff mm. in school or whatnot about what is mm -hmm. your spiritual gift. And it's like, I don't, I think we're asking the question because we don't have it. I think that it would have already mm. manifested itself and you know, like, it should have. Yeah. If you were active in the church, which I think goes to another problem for another time, which is, okay. why is the American church full of consumers and not participants? Mm. That's mm. the title. And right I think there. that's probably why, I think more, more than changing our theology in the spirit, I think it's more of our situation of how we're dealing with the, mm. of, of what people are dealing with in the church. Mm -hmm. That's why we forgot our spiritual gift because we're not active in the church. Mm. Okay. Because that's where it manifests. Is that's what Paul says? Like you serve, and this shows. You show your spirit by using it, and it grows your spiritual okay. gift. All right. So, what I was gonna say is, that... sorry, I didn't mean to cut you. No, 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 it's fine. I was just feeling the spirit there. And I... <laughs> Whoa! <laughs> I love this. Um, <laughs> no, what I was gonna say is that you know, with Calvin, um, because you know, I mean, I I like a good amount of what Calvin had to say. Uh, it's but... a safe bet to say that Calvin got some good stuff. He's got a few. Stuff got a few good pithy line one-liners <laughs> yeah but like I, I also recognize with calvin this surprised me when i was researching this in college where like calvin did not believe necessarily that you could have assurance of salvation mm -hmm. you know which is like okay mm -hmm. so um you know going going back to the the spirit I, th I think it obviously is more than just hey you know the spirit's going to come in you and, and do a spiritual juggling mm -hmm. magic trick or anything like that. no it, it's far more than that it is to make you more mm -hmm. like Jesus, mm -hmm. but um, you know, Paul says in Corinthians when he's going when he's rebuking them mm -hmm. that I didn't come speaking to you in eloquent yeah. words, but I came in power. Mm -hmm. That word power is the word used for miracles. Is the power in the Holy Spirit, and I will come to know your power. For the kingdom doesn't come in word only, but in power. Mm -hmm. That's what I'm saying is missing. So it's mm -hmm. not like everything's gone. It's just mm -hmm. there's a giant, very important cog to this mm -hmm. that's missing. Mm -hmm. And the reason why um, I'm not trying to throw, because again, I, I think God is still there, mm -hmm. but the whole point of the spirit being in us was to help us. And it was supposed to like be understood. Mm -hmm. Right. But mm -hmm. we have such a lack of knowledge and, and I'm sure that you can give a perspective, Dan, but if I go to someone else, mm -hmm. right, they're going to give their own perspective. They might go to, mm -hmm. uh, you know, another Bible Institute or what, what have mm -hmm. you. And it's like, that's, mm -hmm. that to me is the nature of the problem is because mm -hmm. if the spirit is illuminating, illuminating everyone yeah why mm -hmm. is there the variance where's the variance? and mm -hmm. I, i'll tell you look when mm -hmm. if 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 uh miguel and i were both fans of tolkien and there was, <laughs> are you i, I didn't no, want to no, no i'm oh, not okay, okay. which is why i laughed I oh, like, okay. oh. <laughs> but i just wanted to give like something like because i know tolkien so like and let's say there's you know let's say aragorn uh we 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 read the books we love it we read the encyclopedias and then we just 
um, he mentions that Aragorn says something and he takes it one way and I took it another way. Mm -hmm. And then we're getting into this debate and I'm talking about the character and what he would do, wouldn't do, mm -hmm. evidence for that, context clues and all. So we, we talk till we're blue in the face. Mm -hmm. and, and if Tolkien were alive, and let's say we had access to Tolkien, we could just call him up and mm -hmm. just be like, hey. What does this say? Yeah. yeah, what does this mean? And then, mm -hmm. right? Um, but because he's not alive, right? Because he's not accessible to us then we live in this perpetual difference of opinion. Mm -hmm. And that's what we have to do. And I think that look at the practices of our church, of, your, of, your, of, of any mm -hmm. church. We live with that reality. We're not actively trying to fix it because I think we know deep down inside we can't. Mm -hmm. So we have to live in that reality. Mm -hmm. And it's like, but, the, but it's quite clear from Scripture that the Spirit is working towards not having this happen right mm. he's it's to be united faith building mm -hmm. up the body mm -hmm. and love and all stuff and it's like mm -hmm. but, but that's not happening so to me it was just like okay if a then b uh the, the answer is c well if i don't see uh b then maybe a is not there and that's why c mm -hmm. you know what i mean which, it's is, like, which is the the exact reason that calvin talked about assurance the way he did right because he said if the spirit does this and this is absent from your church. Instead of saying the spirit's out, uh, the spirit doesn't work that way. It's just saying maybe you never came to faith. Right. That's the kind of the reflective question he was saying is like not necessarily like oh you can never have assurance, but it's like assurance shouldn't just be I have it because I said so. It's more like let's start examining and looking yeah. through. Do I have this? Do I have that? Mm. Is this working? Christ said on the Sermon on the Mount that this is what a Christian looks like. They have they're poor in spirit. They're merciful. They're peacemakers. If I go through this list and be like none of that describes me. Instead of saying, well, I think that uh, I just am, am, am a mess up or a, or a, you know, a lesser Christian, it's like what Calvin's pushing us, maybe sit and think about, did you ever come to Christ or was it just an emotional experience? Not in a, in a hard, abusive way or like, oh, doubt this, but just being, but, but, but well, just yeah, saying that. Cautionary, that, man. Like, yeah, you got to like, be serious And about I think that. that's, I think a lot of the reason he gets that is from like a Calvin study of Hebrews. And Hebrews mm -hmm. is not saying yeah. these warnings as like a, hey, ignore this, but saying these are serious yeah. things, like take stock, yeah. um, test the spirit, see if they're from God. And I think that's kind of what you're getting at, Eric, too, about pastors is saying, before you say, this is from God, absolutely, it's like there's no test. There's no saying, well, what if this was something else? Or what if this wasn't the spirit moving? Mm -hmm. um, and I think there, there does need to be a healthy hesitancy before we're like, yes, that's the Holy Spirit. Uh, that's how he's moving. Um yeah. Yeah. So I think that the the elephant in the room is that, you know, we know there's a lot of divide mm -hmm. when we know our limitations. Mm -hmm. So for me, it's like, why not just be honest about that? Mm -hmm. And it's like, I think that God is a merciful God. Mm -hmm. I, I, I think that he's dealt in this context with people before. Mm -hmm. My my problem is that if you think that you're the Christian that you read in Galatians, and I don't mm -hmm. mean... You are, you aren't, yeah. but just like, that's, that's the Christian that you're going to be. It's like, look, Paul says the spirit that works miracles amongst you. Mm -hmm. I've not seen one miracle in my whole life. Mm -hmm. I mean, and I have to pause and say, is that supposed to be the case? Mm -hmm. Would that been odd in Paul's time? I think it would have been mm -hmm. not, not because I think miracles were just every single day, mm -hmm. but they're happening in such a wider context with mm -hmm. everywhere that it's like this, mm -hmm. this was not a, an un uncommon occurrence. And, mm -hmm. We're, we're talking about something that nowadays is so rare and questionable if, if ever it's claimed it happens, right? Mm -hmm. So it's like, for me, I, I don't uh, want to be a pastor under these circumstances just because, I, like, again, I know my own mm -hmm. uh, weaknesses, but it's like if I were to ever counsel someone as a friend, as we were talking about last week, it's like, you know, 
I can't escape my own subjectivity. Mm-hmm. And I am too small and mm-hmm. too uh, short-lived mm-hmm. to ever escape that. Mm-hmm. So I have to just deal with it. Mm-hmm. But um, what I I will do, nonetheless, is obviously try. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I'm going to love God and love my neighbor. Mm-hmm. And I think that, I, I do think that the scriptures will shape you in some way towards that goal. And I think that God has created us from the very, I don't mean just this new creation, but even in us is imprinted this program to love one another mm-hmm. and um so when you talked about the the fruit the, the mm-hmm. first fruits the fruit of the spirit singular well first. yeah the fruit of the spirit but i mean that that paul talks about uh him and those who believe in the time Being as the first fruits yeah. mm-hmm. i think that that might be what we what that is mm-hmm. it's like this is uh a gonna unique... stand yeah a mm-hmm. unique time where it's gonna stand as a generation of things mm-hmm. to come but it, mm-hmm. it goes away because, mm-hmm. I mean, Paul and Peter... It was a different time. Yeah, mm-hmm. but, but Paul, both Paul and Peter warned, false teachers are coming. Mm-hmm. They're already here. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, okay, so they came. <clears throat> and it makes sense how everything yeah. just spiraled out of control. But, like, that, the, the, those are the first words. That's what's to come. We're not there yet. To think that we're the same, that to me is where, where you're going to mm-hmm. run into a lot of mm-hmm. trouble. So, and I don't have it all figured out. And I, but that's, again, like, I won't... Mm-hmm. And I don't, I don't think that it's fair to expect anybody to, right? Mm-hmm. And but if I think that, let's say, you have to get the teaching, then I have to come and expect something more, because you're saying that that the the, the Spirit God Himself is manifesting in you mm-hmm. to teach correctly from mm-hmm. from scriptures. And it's like, but if if I see that you don't have that, and and I, I went through that, it's like that that will really mess you up, you mm-hmm. know. So it's like, but if I have the right expectation of you. It's like, then I'm not going to burden you with, with a greater expectation than you're able to meet, mm. you know? So it's actually given me a lot of uh, peace and, and this weight has been taken off for me. And it's like, I've actually mm. had to trust more in God, mm. right? Because mm. I don't have, I don't have any, any safeguard. I don't have any, anything. Mm. Like I, I, I tried to, to have a security in, in like theology. Mm. I had a security in uh, mm, the fellowship mm-hmm. with with believers with with going to pastors and all this stuff and it was all taken from me but it's like but i have the security in god mm-hmm. you know i and so it's like where does spiritual and secular end i mean mm-hmm. i would say if i think everything and i think you guys would agree everything in a sense is spiritual mm-hmm. yeah and i think what we're talking about secular is the people that deny god and mm-hmm. deny the existence of god and then of course as christians we would say specifically that being mm-hmm. jesus the father the, the, mm-hmm. the spirit um but so i think that that's maybe where the divide mm-hmm. would be for us mm-hmm. um but i think yeah i think everything's spiritual mm-hmm. and i think uh, one thing that's helpful with that of seeing everything as as spiritual that nothing's outside of of god and his working that god mm-hmm. doesn't just like do something on Sunday and then step back and rest for the rest of the six days mm. uh, is helpful is because then it helps you when you are reading scripture in your quiet time that you're not mm. being like, I'm opening up this talisman book that will mm. teach me all the answers if I think hard enough. <laughs> and I stare at the pages and I try to like be like, it says that he went to this town on this day. <laughs> town, if we spell it backwards, it means that like, and you try, you're really overthinking it because you're you thinking are. that this is like special and magic yeah. instead of being like, this is the way that God has spoken through his spirit and I, and it's useful for correction, teaching and upbuilding and all that. And then when I take that and I'm, you know, uh, jogging around 
mulling over the scripture in my head, that's also sacred time. It's not like I've stopped mm. it when I close my Bible and now I'm outside the the, sac- the sacred time and I'm in the 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 secular or profane yeah. time. But it's all like it, you're constantly mm. doing that. I think was it was it Luther or was it uh, one of the early maybe it was um, Gutenberg that said that. He was going to be rejoiced that every plowman would be singing the scriptures. Um, Luther, yeah. Uh, and I just think that's a beautiful thought of what Luther was trying to get at. Uh, I think, if I'm understanding him correctly, is this desire to see that you're not like, I go to church on Sunday, and then the rest of my life is separate from God, yeah. but it all connects. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. And that yeah. Uh, working is worship and resting and it can be worship. If your heart is... Well, looking yeah. at the right wow, every whether place. you eat or drink or whatever you yeah. do, you're doing all to the glory of God, and that's like, you know, I I I don't know if that was you trying to shoehorn the original stated uh, topic topic back in, but I mean, yeah. I yeah. Uh, yeah, which <laughs> I mean, I, I, I was fine with you know, I I'd be fine continuing to pursue you know the question of experience of the Holy Spirit, but yeah. uh, even just with what Daniel said, it's like you know that there's something to be said about the fact that God has a thought on everything like god has something to say about everything and so whether it's like politics or the way i choose to use my life it's like you know oh you know am i really trying to import my christianity into no i mean like my faith has something to say about everything Mm. about every aspect of of life and that's a good thing Mm. um but i do have something else going back to what you were talking about so like we don't have to spend a ton of time talking about this, but I also wonder because I know um, Eric, we've talked a lot about the Holy Spirit and cessationism, continuationism, gifts, and uh, you're kind of at the point now where you would say, "I am a cessationist." I I think that tongues, miracles, prophecies, uh, gifts have ceased, but I think that's a bad thing, right? Yeah. Um, and I I kind of also get that. Wait, wait, sorry. E- e- you, Eric, are saying you think the cessation that that all of those things yeah. have ended is a bad thing. Or yeah, you're he saying he's a, he's a thing. So Eric's uh, point of view is that yes, all those things have ceased, but hey, cessationists don't like don't get cocky. That's actually a bad sign. Yeah. The okay. fact that they're that these yeah. things aren't happening it means you know that we're more distant from the Holy Spirit than we should be. Mm. Um, and I think that I I I mean. One, I don't agree with that, and we've we've had this conversation before, where I think that it's it was kind of the plan, it was the plan all along for the gifts and the miraculous signs to get the church through this period of establishing itself and, and proving its legitimacy and, and proving the veracity of, of specific uh, claims, you know, that, that would have made the Jewish crowd, you know, really on edge. It's like, hey, I know, I know that you're uncomfortably you're uncomfortable with me talking about Yahweh like this, but look, here's the confirmation of, of the, uh, of the word that I have for you. So, you know, that's one thing. But then I, I also think that there is a lot of truth in what you say, because I often wonder if not, not to say anything about miracles, signs, tongues, but if our experience of the spirit and our experience of sanctification and our experience of, you know, just the, the Christian life in general and of God is not, far uh like the volume is turned far far down and a lot of that just has to do with um the fact that sin is turned so high up 
mm. not mm. just in our individual lives but also in our culture mm. um so it's like you know you have um like we i've asked this question and i believe even on the podcast is like man what would my life be like if i said like i don't know if it was uh john wesley or who it was who said like not even a hint like if i identify something as sinful I'm not going to allow that in my life. I'm not going to la allow mm. it to build a stronghold in my life and to say, like, I'm okay to watch these things. I'm okay to listen mm. to these things. I'm okay to expose myself to this. I'm okay to talk to people like this. I'm okay to think like this. I'm okay, you know. It, it's like if I identify it as rearing its <coughs> head against the uh, authority and, and primacy and beauty of Christ, then I want it out. I want it out of my life. And that, you know... Not like I'm going to be a monk, obviously, mm -hmm. uh, but it's like I, I won't participate in these things. And I know that that's not how I live my life, and I mourn the fact mm -hmm. that that's not how I live my life, but apparently I don't mourn it enough to take it as seriously as I would like. And I, I almost find myself in this situation similar to, to what you were saying where, where you said man, not having a, a family and not having a ministry has given me a lot of breathing room to kind of like you know, wrestle and, and like yell at God at times and just like grab onto it. Like, where are you? What are you like? What am I? Uh, what do you want from me? You know, just to have those kind of crises of faith. And I will say that I do at times, not, not with the marriage, but with the ministry, it's like, I almost find myself asking like, can I really afford to uh, be as scrutinizing of my faith as I feel like I need to be because mm -hmm. I do also have to maintain a level of functionality because I have people coming to me for, for counsel, for advice, for, uh, you know, mm -hmm. point me to the scripture, those sorts of things. And so it's like, I do have to keep my head on my shoulders enough to be able to, to, uh, offer that guidance. And, you know, the, the man who would make a good general and the man who would <clears throat> make a good, uh, you know, hermetic priest, or, or monk are not the same guy, but they do both uh, have their functions. But it's like, man, I, I wonder if our, like, I, I don't know if it's painkillers or whatever it is that people talk about when they're on is they just feel like the volume on everything is so low. Like they feel like the volume in their life is usually at like, you know, an eight. And now it's down at like a one and a half or a two. It's just everything is muffled and, and they're numb to everything. And uh, like, I, I wonder if, like, there are so many things that are a part of my life and, and also just a part of our culture. And I hear, like, the youth at our church and the kids at my school talking about things. And I'm like, you know, there are things that they talk about that I'm like, man, it, it really breaks my heart mm -hmm. that they're comfortable engaging with this. But then I look at my own life and mm -hmm. it's like, okay, I've, I've not gone as far as I could, mm -hmm. um, which I know will always be the case. He'll mm -hmm. always be able to say, well you know, but you could do X, so why bother doing Z if you're not also doing X? And it's like, no, that's not the point. Like, I want to be increasing in holiness, even if it is baby steps. Mm -hmm. And so, uh, like, I just feel like a lot of people, their experience of God, or they complain about God not feeling real, or they don't, they don't feel like they experience him very uh, deeply or drastically or dramatically, you know, whatever it is. But then it's like, okay, what are you eating, you know? like spiritually and if if someone says oh man i just i only eat junk food all the time why am i tired all the time why am i not healthier why am i not more vibrant why am i not uh you know more 
uh, fun to be around. It's like, well, dude, look at what you're consuming. And mm -hmm. I think the same thing spiritually. It's like, why does God feel so far from me? And yet I consume media that is explicitly, you know, things that he hates. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, yeah, it's just like, what, where, where do we go? I'm going to take the, the fun path of saying that the volume turned down were the people that were seeing the miracles. And I know that's like, well, what? hang on a second. God's like making himself very brightly and visibly known by like healings and powerful things and all these things. But what's interesting in scripture is how often they like say, here's this great giant work, but what caused faith was this little, little tiny thing, this little whisper <clears throat> in the background, not this hurricane and thunder, but it was this mm -hmm. whisper. And I think that I want to take it at face value when, uh, uh, I think it's, <clears throat> Is it Jesus in Matthew, where he says that uh, John is the greatest of the prophets, but mm. the least in the kingdom of heaven is greater, greater than, than John, yeah. which is greater than all the prophets, which were the most, probably the most close to God in ancient Israel. Did John the Baptist do any miracles that we know of? Not yeah. that we know of. Okay. Uh, okay. I mean, is prophesying a miracle? Uh, not in the way I would use it, but I get oh, yeah. what you mean by that. Uh, he left in the womb. And then you have... <laughs> That's kind of a weird. Hurdle jumping baby. Uh, <laughs> and then you have the things where they say, well, Lord, we've gotten to see these things, so faith is great. And he says, well, blessed are those who have believe not and seen. not yeah. seen. That yeah. the Nazis are actually... The Nazis. Have, a, <laughs> oh, have an advantage. Oh, my um, God. I just got that. <laughs> Sorry. I mean, it didn't take you that long. Uh... <laughs> Uh, so I see this like thing where it's like we, we think all oh, these giant fireworks would make it so obvious uh, but then I think about in the Old Testament the people that saw the miracles and the vast majority that didn't believe mm -hmm. so I, it, it plagues me to think about the uh, the generation with Moses that saw all ten plagues saw them visibly mm. and then saw God mm. provide for them food every single day for 40 years <clears throat> they saw a miracle mm every yeah. day for 40 years mm. that's like what thousands of days of miracles mm. thousands of miracles they witnessed plus the plagues plus they saw the water split mm. and they most of them went to hell mm. so it's like mm. i think scripture is almost tongue-in-cheeking being like so here's the miracle yeah but there's not like real powerful faith going on and then you see the worst sermon ever preached by jonah and almost like what three hundred thousand people yeah, yeah. come to faith yeah by words by just words of him well, saying this by is what... the spirit. Yeah, you know, well, by I, the, but, but, but I know what you mean. But what through I'm the vehicle. Is by saying so you, no you, you don't think that he was actually resurrected from the dead? Oh, I'll Jonah? get to that another time. But <laughs> oh, <laughs> all right, cool. he absolutely that absolutely is a resurrection narrative. Ah, well, there's a miracle. Um, whether it's symbolic or not. <laughs> so, and then I think, oh, where was that? There's. I'm sorry. I didn't you you keep going further, and I think the the rich man and Lazarus parable has that kind of truth in there as well of, of him saying if i rise again and tell my brothers they'll mm. have faith in you they'll mm. have faith in you god if i can just go back and tell them to avoid hell mm. let me show them a miracle and god yeah. turns around and says i could show them a thousand miracles they do, mm. they're not going to believe because they have my word mm -hmm. if they don't believe the what it's written on the page they're not going to believe if you do a <clears> lot of <throat> fancy things so i think there is a an Who undercurrent was it was a parable of the rich man and lazarus mm. oh okay okay yeah um and I think there's an undercurrent in scripture that's teaching of saying, yeah, there is these miracles and mm. they're important. And I think the main reason for me personally that I would see these miracles being important, especially for Jesus' time, 
has less to do with them affirming the message and more that they're affirming that what Scripture said predicted back then was true. So they're okay. more of confirming what the Word already said. Um, and so I think the, there is a high place of God's Word. Mm. Um, and I think that's kind of what, what Scripture is teaching. It's like there's, an, there's an, a human desire to go towards the flashy. And mm. Jesus says that, why did you come here? Did you come here because you wanted to believe or did you come here because you got food? And you wanted to see food be made for you again. You were hungry and you got fed. Mm. Um, and then you demand for a miracle. And mm. I'm not going to give you one. Um, and so I think that there is this this line that we kind of can miss because we get so attracted to the miracles. And what God is saying is don't get attracted to the miracles. Look for the power of the word. Mm. Um, which does perform a miracle. Because anytime someone comes to faith, that is the rising of the dead before our eyes. Um two movies that one I watched recently and one I've started but I've not yet finished because it's incredibly long um, the first one is called Forsaken uh, it's like a western movie it's not great um, it's a great it's a good story but it's kind of paint by numbers is and it it's Kevin like Costner? no it's um, Kiefer and Donald Sutherland father uh, and son yes, okay. and uh, I mean there, there's some good acting in it and not there's, William H. Macy uh, no he's not in it um <laughs> But it's uh, it's about a guy and he, you know, it's it's a western like okay, old I have yeah. Seen uh, the poster. And he went out to fight a war, so. and his his dad is a priest or a minister, um, but he left his town to fight a war, and then after the war he never really came home, and then all these years later he comes home and he tells his dad that he's left the faith that he doesn't believe that there's any god, and he says the reason that I you know left the faith is. Like, I was, out, I was out there on the battlefield, and there are all these people dying, and they're all crying out to God, and God couldn't find it in his heart to even give them this little mercy, this, you know, this little sign, mm. this little gift. And, uh, and then the other movie that I've not finished yet, uh, I started it a couple days ago, um, and I plan to finish it later this week, is Silence. Have you uh, seen that movie? Oh yes, yeah, um, mm. it's, uh, it's Spider-Man and, and Kylo Ren and Aslan. Uh, Andrew Garfield, oh, you know, Adam Driver. Like that's telling. Well, I already made a Star Wars reference. Oh, so, yeah. Were, were there missionaries, uh, right? Yeah, they're missionaries to Japan uh, and Liam Neeson. Uh, and they're they're missionaries to Japan. Has, has everybody else here seen this? So you've seen it. Have you I've seen it? I've not seen it, but I know of it. I've only seen a little bit of it. Okay. Um, well, it's <laughs> yeah. They're, they're Jesuit I, priests, right? Yeah, yeah. they're, they're like Jesuit that. priests, and I feel like I can see where it's going because the name of the movie is Silence. Um, the the two younger guys they go to Japan because they hear that the older priest has uh, apostatized and that he's turned his back on mm. the faith and he's just living, um, you know, among the Japanese now and <clears throat> and then like the Japanese government is also like beheading and and like just torturing ridiculously brutal tortures mm -hmm. that they're uh, putting the Christians through to to try to get them to recant and. Um, just very historical yeah. um but so they they go there and i feel like the direction that the movie is going is that uh you know one might wind up also dropping the faith or at least that they have an encounter with liam neeson they find him and, they, and that he says that his reason for you know leaving the faith is because i'm watching all these people get tortured around mm. me like three hundred thousand japanese mm. christians that the government like put them in boiling water and they sliced them open and they crucified them and they, they, you know, hung them up in the waves to, to drown over the course of days. 
um, like all, all these different things that they do, and silence from God. Like God could mm-hmm. not find it in his heart to give just a small mercy to these people. And uh, I, I think that I think that uh, pain is the thing, I, I heard somebody say, pain is the thing you can't argue with. You know, if somebody's in pain, then you can't really argue their pain away. You can't tell them, like, hey, I know you're in pain right now, but, like, the same God that was God yesterday when you were fine is the same God that's true today. And uh, it's like, you know, I was thinking, we we had a a pretty scary situation um, with with the pregnancy, and I was was thinking, like, there was a point where I was like, we have lost this baby, Mm -hmm. you know? And just thinking, like, God, if I'm going to be a Christian this time next week, it's going to have to be because you held me through Mm -hmm. this. Because I, like, we've waited for so long for Mm -hmm. this child, and then, like, you're going to give it to us and then take and then so it's like you know in the moment you have this this these you're rattled with these different emotions and and the experience and the pain and you know worrying about that you've lost your child and everything um but then it's like not to be cold toward my past self but it's like okay travis from whatever day that was you would have said that god is god and you would have said that knowing that millions of mothers have lost children over the last, you know, 10 years. And every single one of them, you would have said, okay, but God is still God. But then when it's your wife and when it's your child, mm-hmm. now that you're the one experiencing mm-hmm. the pain, now it's like, oh, well, God, you didn't owe them anything, but you owe me something, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And it's like with the the men dying in that war from the movie for se- Or, you know, just every real-world example. It's like, uh, you know, now... I, I have acknowledged, like, I'm, oh, I'm a good Calvinist. I acknowledge that these things have been happen- happening for 2,000 years and uh, blah, blah, blah. But, oh, but now it's me. And, like, now that it's happening to me, God, how dare you stay silent? Like, you owe me that. And maybe it's not even something like that, but maybe you're just going through a crisis of faith. And you're like, God, where are you? Mm-hmm. Why are you not showing up? Why are you not, like, just one little thing? Like, would it kill you to mm-hmm. show me one small act of mercy one small Mm. sign that confirms that you're there and then you wait and just silence Mm. you know and it's like that is the last nail in the coffin of some people's faith walk Mm. or their their relationship with christ or their endeavor with christianity however you want to phrase it and it's like man uh there is there's an audacity and i think we can be bold like I, i think that there's a uh there's a grace in the boldness of saying like of not challenging God in the sense of tempting him, but like, hey, God, uh, I'm trying to demonstrate faith, like show up for me in this mm. mighty way and heal my child or, or you know, spare my life here or whatever. Um, but it's like, man, the, uh, it's so hard. It do, All of that knowledge doesn't make it any easier when it's your crisis of faith or your life on the line or your pain. Mm. And... Uh, so, yeah, those are those are my, I guess, two thoughts. Is one, you know, that the faith that God gives us is most exercised when it is not accompanied by uh, sight. You know, faith that is seen is no longer faith, and and without right. faith, it's possible to please God. And like I can cobble together this argument from all these different scriptures. Um, so yeah, that that that's one. And then the other thing is the sin issue. It's like man. Travis, you're going to pray for God to show up in this miraculous way. And like, man, you know, you know what, what's been going through your mind over the last 
month over the last, you know, whatever. It's like, you know, and, and you're going to think that, oh, God did not uh, spare, like, Paul. Paul got his head chopped off. And, like, Paul, I'm going to go ahead and argue, stronger Christian than I am. Mm. You know, at least in the end of his life. He didn't mm. have a great start. But uh, <laughs> maybe he probably lapped me, though. Um, it, but, like, oh, God, I understand that you don't owe him anything. But, like, now, even though with, with all the, like, my heart is so replete with sin mm-hmm. um, that you owe me things. So it's like I, I you know, I, and I'm not, I'm not trying to... Um, to dog on you because we've we've gone through that talk before. I do disagree with you that it is a bad thing, or that it's a sign of God's uh, like Ichabod. You know, like God has forsaken mm-hmm. uh, us that that we no longer have these gifts. Uh, but at the same time, I do see what you mean with mm-hmm. that. It's like, man, we're we're such a sinful we're such a sinful culture. Mm-hmm. Um, and I know that sounds like maybe kind of hokey to say. And people have always been sinful and, and all that kind of stuff. But it's like, man, we, like the, the access that we have to sin and then just the casualness with which we mm. imbibe mm-hmm. um, is frightening. Mm-hmm. Yeah, something that pops into my head uh, is we, we, we're starting, or not maybe not starting to, but one thing I'm seeing is there's like, this less of a desire to ponder the things mm. of God and to meditate and like really ponder and turn things over and did this to and so this is something that I think that Eric does super well is to say before I'm just like jumping to you know here's a question here's the immediate answer without even like I don't even have to turn my brain on I just like spew out whatever I heard and I, I see that sometimes with the um when I'm talking to people and I'll, I'll pose a question and instead of like that being like let me think about that or let me open my scriptures or digging through you know, people will be like, and he's like, well, God is like this. God's like that. God does it this way. Mm. Like really quick. And I'm like, you haven't really digested. Mm. Like you're spewing this up before it hit your stomach. Mm. And I think, uh, I just to kind of throw this out of, of that's something I'm always really appreciative of Eric is to kind of force me to be like, Hey, why don't you swallow your food first before you just start regurgitating mm. stuff? Mm. Uh, something that I would say that you have a spiritual gift for <laughs> is oh, no. to challenge people, to challenge oh. people to ponder scripture and to not be like okay i read this text let me close my bible and be done and be like okay that's set that not not in the sense of like you're doubting but you know what i'm saying like you're not closing it being like all right i learned this lesson and i'm not going to think about it at all the rest of the day instead Mm -hmm. of being like so god says here that i should be forgiving and then going through like you're driving home you're like how could i be forgiving like Mm -hmm. christ like how did how did christ forgive and like Mm -hmm. you're unwinding it and winding by the end of the day you're like okay so this person i want to reach out to and i'm going to say this I feel like that is something that we're losing, uh, or maybe it's even just me, where it's like I read through scripture and I'm like, all right, great, I imbibed that lesson, I didn't really take it to heart or to mind, I just know it now, and I can spew it back if I need to, mm-hmm. um, is to take, uh, like really take theology to heart in the most literal sense. Internalize. Yeah. yeah. Um, <clears throat> and there's a, a lot said that, you know, I'm just going to kind of pick and choose uh, what what to kind of respond to because I mean there's a lot of good things it's just you can always it goes yeah, in a rabbit yeah. hole rabbit trail and all stuff but so I guess a lot where I'll go to is is this first is that um, because I've had these questions as well I think that anybody who's somehow their eyes are open to okay some things aren't really making sense like I thought they would. Mm-hmm. 
uh, you know, you're going to observe your context. And then I, I never really did that much of it in, in college. I did some of it, but like learning about church history. Mm -hmm. And learning about church history was fascinating, but it was even like just added more confusion, mm -hmm. you know. And, uh, you know, like I, I, I've been so bothered by, because the way in my mind it, how it worked was that, you know, the church got corrupted and then the reparation just mm -hmm. fixed all that. And then you, you, you see stories about uh, Martin Luther and what he did to people that believed things that you believed in. And you're like, uh, you would yeah. probably kill me. Yeah. Which I'm like, then I'm or not. Or sign off on my death figure. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah. So I, I, yeah. I have no love lost. Martin yeah. Luther, I don't think it makes sense, at least for, for people who mm -hmm. believe in a, in a faith type of baptism. Yeah. It doesn't make sense to really... Uh, venerate him. Venerate yeah. him. <laughs> so funny. But anyways, um, it seems to me that uh, at many times throughout church history, people have realized there's a problem and they try mm -hmm. to fix it. And there's been many different solutions. Um, you know, when you're talking about uh, what would my life look like if I was really more serious and like even a thought of it, right? Mm. Well, I, th I think at the end of the day, you're going to go crazy if you get too focused in on that. Not that on it's... sanctification. Huh? On sanctification. On sanctification, yeah. Because um, you cannot, you're, you're, the more aware of your, your sinfulness, mm. the less you're going to see that you are actually doing anything about mm. it, right? Mm. This is why it's a work of God. At least that's what I would say. And, and there's, oh man, so many different conversations about that. But, um, so, so like when, when I've seen, so for instance, I think uh, uh, certain groups that have really taken that to heart and be like, I, I'm going to isolate myself from the world, not necessarily snuff myself out, mm -hmm. but I'm going to isolate, you know, are the Anabaptists, groups mm -hmm. like the Amish, mm -hmm. the Mennonites, and yada, yada, yada. And it's like, so I've studied them. And I'm like, okay, so here maybe? Do, do, am I seeing like the, the spirit of God returning to his temple here? And it's like, no, not really. I think that in a practical sense, it's a very good formula that they've gotten but it still hasn't done that and it's like i for me personally i'm like i'm gonna stop pursuing something that was always uh doomed to fail which is trying to somehow uh open the door for god to then come in in a sense if he wants to come in if he's if he's ready for that and he wants his people to do so he will you know read malachi for instance you guys do this wrong but we cannot it is impossible for us to figure out in the mind of God what it is that's of why he's doing things the way he's doing or not doing. It's just impossible. So I have to respect that, right? Uh, and I, again, I have uh, reserved myself to the fact that I'm not going to be perfect. Mm. Not by any certain, my theology, resigned. my sanctification, my design. No, like you've resigned yourself? Resigned yeah. uh, myself to and that. Uh, yeah, thank you. That's what I was trying to say. Um, you know, and it's like, I, I, I know that I should, like you said, and uh, need to uh, care more about uh, this, I guess, the sanctification part of, of life. Mm -hmm. I, I, I would agree. Um, and it's, if you, if you agree with Christianity, if that's what you hold to, the more you do it, it actually makes sense that it'll make more joy in your life because mm -hmm. you're doing what you believe to be true. So, yeah, it makes mm. It makes sense. Um, but it's like, you know, going to the silence of God and all that stuff. Like, man, uh, the silence upset me. Mm. But there were times where I thought God was doing something. And that messed me up more <laughs> when uh, I thought it was yeah. God. And then it turns out not to be. And yeah. then it's like, but other people also are going through that. And so it's yeah. like, wow, this is a lot 
bigger than my own local context. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. And again, it's that for me, why I got bothered was because I was ex- I expected God not to do that. And I expected mm-hmm. God mm-hmm. not to do that because the picture that's being brought to me in Scripture is a guy that's speaking and doing all kinds of stuff. Mm-hmm. We know that, man, there's hundreds, thousands of years in between these stories. But how it's presented to you mm-hmm. is like, seems like, yeah. Mm-hmm. And so it's like, well, where's that God? Because mm-hmm. um, I, I, I would love that. And and I guess my struggle with the New Testament is like, it almost seems like, hey, before it was like this. And now what you see is how it's going to be. Mm-hmm. But then it's not. And so then it's mm-hmm. like every tr- Christian group has struggled mm-hmm. with mm-hmm. why isn't it not seemingly like that? So we, we come up with, you know, the idea of cessationism of like, it's supposed to be this way. Mm. I, I just don't think that, that, that scripture says it's supposed to be that way. Uh, but it might be an actual explanation. It's just not something that I see. Mm. An ex- I think it's an explanation mm. that you have derived mm. at from, mm. from what he is. Yeah. And mm. then instead of, uh, yeah. so, um, I think that is an explanation. I would mm. say just biblically when God is silent, people have tended to see that as a negative thing. And mm-hmm. you read the Psalms, like, how long, God? Yeah. How long will you uh, be silent? But yeah. in dealing with silence myself, it's like, yeah, so uh, I think that I've dealt with the silence more healthier now mm-hmm. because I had to change my expectations. Mm. Yeah, I think it's more in touch with just reality. And I don't have the answers. I don't know if I ever will get the answers as to why it is that way. But it's like, for me, uh, I'm, res- like I said, I'm, I'm resigned uh, to the fact that I'll never be perfect, but that also there most certainly is a God. And I think that mm. Jesus is the best candidate for that. Mm. You know what I mean? Um, and there's just several times where I had to kind of re- readdress it and be like, okay, do I really believe this? And it's like, yes, mm, mm. Uh, I do. And it's like, I, I, I don't know why people, I mean, I can understand why people leave, deconstruct and just completely leave. Mm. And I don't think it's always because they, they're always wanting to and just trying to find an excuse. I think yeah. there are some, I think part of that might be because of the wrong expectation. They're like, well, if the yeah. expectation are met, that means your God's not real. Yeah. yeah. It's like, no. Yeah. But uh, for me, it's like... Gosh, that's such a good point. Yeah. Like, I, I just, to me, it's like... Um, Christianity has only helped my life. It's not made it any worse. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I freaking love it. And I, I love... <laughs> I freaking love Christianity. I freaking love Christianity. But like, I, uh, this past Saturday, I was uh, talking to another Christian who's a... A pastor at his church in Fort Pierce, mm-hmm. that group of friends, and it's just like, even if we don't agree, or you know, obviously there's mystery. And again, I also take things more hum- like I try to be more humble about it now, mm-hmm. acknowledging the fact that I every time that I've uh, realized I was wrong, it was always after the fact, never mm-hmm. at the moment, mm-hmm. right? So it's like, yeah. yeah, I could I could be wrong, right? Everything I just said could be wrong, but uh, it's like the the thing that really touches me about god and christianity is the idea of loving god and loving others and that's what jesus said yeah that's that's fulfilling the law Mm. when i get into specifics it's like man uh i fail Mm. all those boxes right Mm. but it's like i still want to get up every day and try again Mm. and i and i want to uh i i want to walk humbly with God and love mercy and justice and, mm. and know what it means that I desire mercy, mm-hmm. not sacrifice, and know what it means I desire obedience, mm. not sacrifice. And it's like, 
that's mm-hmm. what I want to do. Mm-hmm. But as Paul said, we don't always get to do what we want to do because there's this war in us. So mm-hmm. then I'm like, mm-hmm. give that to you because you know yeah. that I don't have the capability of winning that war. Mm-hmm. And that and that's that. And it, mm-hmm. you know, as far as like silence, you kind of have to get comfortable with it. Mm-hmm. You know, but there is so much speaking to us mm-hmm. in different ways. You know, mm-hmm. in scripture. And I think outside of scripture, and that's why I'm like, yeah, I don't understand why people don't believe mm-hmm. in God mm-hmm. and that, mm-hmm. because it's it's like instinctual almost. Mm-hmm. To, well, and like you're saying, so many things that testify, yeah. right? Is that what you mean? Yeah, so so many things testify to his to his existence, his goodness, mm-hmm. and for me to have put that in words, it was through scripture that put that into words, mm-hmm. so that I can convey that. Mm-hmm. But if, if so, yeah. All in all, to sum up, my position is there's just this very important piece that I see missing. And that's, mm-hmm. for me, gives the best answer to why there are the, the problems that there are and the mm-hmm. nature of those problems. Mm-hmm. But that, to me, also doesn't mean that just just give up. Um, I've seen people do that, mm-hmm. and I'm like, you went, mm-hmm. you thought it was bad before, it just went mm-hmm. way worse for you. When it's like you know where are we gonna go you alone have the words mm. of life you know yeah. like where what what not not just like as a well you might as well stick with christianity but it's like literally where better do you have to turn it's not yeah it's like not a the, might as yeah. well i mean i'm just saying this yeah. to anybody yeah listening. yeah i know you're not it's it's more than just a might as well you're not settling it's yeah. like you have deeper relationships with people mm-hmm. a deeper understanding for yourself mm-hmm. you really love life and you want to see that everywhere you go mm. Mm-hmm. we don't just agree exactly how that looks but mm. we have that at least and that's mm. far better in a society that mm. people are like eh, it doesn't matter life or death because mm. yeah I don't know. Mm. so yeah i think there's a lot of wonderful things that you unpack there and and, and so that's me just going to be going off of that uh to kind of i think sometimes we need our prevailing notions that we have or that we're kind of culturally ingrained with challenged a little bit and i think a lot of times when i hear people talk about uh silence like what we've been mm-hmm. saying is it, it to me it goes is it silence or is it that you have god thundering his voice through a closed book on your shelf mm-hmm. is that mm-hmm. really what the silence is is that he's spoken and you don't want to hear it mm-hmm. or you're not seeking to hear it and so you're saying god's silent when he's already said and spoken. i think that's where it goes with this we talk about sufficiency of scripture mm-hmm. when we're talking about like inerrancy or like, is the Bible within our errors? And I'm not being like, it's sufficient to answer what's mm. your deepest mm-hmm. problems. In the sense of like, this is where you find meaning. This is where you find Christ and you get him and you get peace and you get life and joy. Um, and I don't need to be like looking around to dowsing rods to figure out where to get these <laughs> other things. That it, he's, he's said it in his word. And I think the other challenging thing to me when I think about these things, because I'm, I'm not saying this is like, oh, just writing this off like I've never had problems. Or like, mm-hmm. like where are you, God? Like, why are you silent? But just... Some things that challenged my prevailing thoughts uh, in those times. Uh, another thing is, I think a lot of times we, we call it silence when it really was just we didn't like what was said. Mm-hmm. So we hear, you know, God, give me an answer for this. And, he, you know, he gives the answer like you're going to go to a captivity. 
mm. and I'm going to use you, but you're going to be brutalized and put in chains and taken there, or you know, you're going to get your head cut off, or, or you won't get better yeah. from this this ailment that you're like bringing. With, to, yeah, with Paul, like the the answer right. that came to him, aud- yeah. like seemingly audible grace from is God, sufficient. is that you're going to continue with this problem. Yeah. I'm not going to miraculously mm. heal you, even though I could. Yeah. Um. And so I think sometimes we we do that, and we go, Lord God, give me an answer. He says, you know, you're going to suffer, and then we go. God's just not speaking to me. Mm. It's like, I think more of what it is is that we don't like mm. what the answer usually is um, or what the answer might be. But I think this is all points that Eric said really well of just uh, looking to what God has said, looking to, to the way that he's working in you. And maybe, I'm going to go back full circle to the very beginning, mm. maybe the silence or the dark night of the soul or the hardship is working in you to make you more like Christ is a trial like James for you to, for you to produce um, endurance or as some of the Puritan authors would talk about is it punishment for so not punishment in the sense of wrath but is yeah. a chastisement for sin that your ongoing sin is causing you one of the things I love that Sinclair Ferguson says a lot is if it feels like you're not as connected to Christ if you don't feel like you quote-unquote hear him very brightly and, and enjoy him richly it may be that your sin has dampened it. Mm. It may be that your persistent ongoing sin has mm. caused the voice of Christ to be um, muted in your ears. Mm. Not that he's speaking any softer, but you're listening less. Mm. And I think that's an important thing. Again, with that thing that I said from the beginning, which is as a, in my pastoral voice of maybe. I'm not going <laughs> to say it's this, yeah. absolutely, it's this, absolutely. Uh, it could be a third thing. Mm. Um, that I don't even know what, what's going on, but I, the only thing that I know for absolutely certain is that God works everything. Mm. So there's something that God is doing. Um, there's nothing that he's just like, whoops, that wasn't supposed to happen. And I think Mm -hmm. that's like what I think that's where you find the deepest source of comfort is, uh, whether it makes sense or not. I know that God is working in some fashion. Mm. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Neat. Yeah. I I feel like there's so many conversations I can stem from this and there could be part three or part another trilogy or something else. Uh, but yeah, like that was really great. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I feel like this was a great exploration of the topic. So yeah. Appreciate you guys. Yes. And, uh, condolences to, or apologies to Miguel who couldn't be here tonight. (laughs) (laughs) I was going to say condolences to our fallen comrade who couldn't stand the heat. So he got out of the kitchen. (laughs) What are you apologizing to me for? Because I love when you get involved, but I know you're just listening. No, I was I, I was taking in a lot. So. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, Miguel talked. Maybe you just didn't like the answer. And you thought <laughs> <it was. laughs> Why well, aren't you saying anything? Silence through example. All right. Cool. Yeah. Bye. Bye.